Warning, this first podcast of 2021 will contain adult language, mature situations, famous historical figures, classic shoujo storylines, a truly badass female warrior, French court politics, and unintentional educational lessons. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 449, The Rose of Versailles. Hello and welcome to an episode of The Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? I hope all of you have had a very safe and happy New Year's. Welcome to 2022. Can't believe we've been going on for so long. But no worries, we've got a year full of manga movies and video games and board games and books to talk about this year and i'm excited to be starting us off with something which is truly monumentous and truly inspiring but beforehand if you're joining us for the first time welcome spirekin or some podcast and reviews about connectly enhanced narratives is a podcast where we talk about geeky topics depending on what you're listening to since it's the manga review obviously we're talking about manga i tell you how the art style is the overarching plot the characters the production quality the storyline, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-hosts say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirakn, that's spirakn.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Pandora, and various other social media and podcasting sites. Just type in Spirekin in the search bar, and I'll guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. Now, if you do like what you hear, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Spirekin to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. You can also tweet me at Spirekin, or you can Instagram me at Spirekin. If you see me in a comment, remember to tag me. And so that all that chilling is out of the way, let's actually get to the reason why I do this podcast, and that is the manga review of the episode. But... In order to go into this manga, I have to talk about its creator and, more importantly, what she represents. Because this is the first time in a long time that I'm actually talking about someone from the Year 24 group, or as they're known in Japan, the Nijuyonin Gumi. Now, for those of you who've never heard of this group, they're actually kind of cool. Because in the 1970s, a group of women got together and completely reinvented and changed the shoujo genre completely. Now, this group of female manga artists, or mangaka, they did something very innovative. Because beforehand, in the 50s and 60s, shoujo manga was considered just for elementary school girls and had very simple plots of something bad happens, then something good happens, then the end. That is all. It's usually stories about romance or school life or comedy series. Nothing too innovative. However, these women, they took it upon themselves to completely reinvent the shoujo genre in the 70s by changing the narrative they added elements of various series so they introduced horror fantasy science fiction drama psychology and so many other elements which became staples of the shoujo genre these are the women who created the bishoujo yes the pretty boy also the yaoi phenomena is from these girls and these ladies so Give them a round of applause for the work they've done because they have made shoujo an amazing genre that I actually love talking about and it's much more than what you think about. So with that in mind, let's actually get to the person we're talking about. We're talking about arguably the most popular worldwide of all of the Year 24 group. We're talking about Ryoko Ikeda's Ryoko Ikeda. Now, the manga that we're talking about was written by her and published by Shuisha, but brought over here by several companies but right now 
The license is held by Udon Entertainment, and they're releasing the entire series in five exceptional hardcover series. They're great. They're five hardcover books that have a heart that have beautiful artwork in it, some color, and they're very elegant for this series that we're talking about. Now, I want to prefix this with something that the first two volumes are currently out of print. You go to Udon Entertainment online, they're sold out. If you go to Amazon, they're sold out. If you go to Barnes and Nobles, they're sold out. If you look on some other sites, you could find it being sold for absurdly large prices, or you might find it used. If you see it in a bookstore, buy it immediately. These books are amazing. They're truly worth getting, first off, for the collector's quality. But they're very hard to get a hold of. So I'm saying that in general. So this was released originally by Margaret Comics. It is a shoujo series that originally ran in 1972, and it was finished being published with all of its spinoffs in 2018. It has been released over here, as I said, in five hardcover volumes, and it is a historical romance that is known simply as Versailles Nobara, or The Rose of Versailles. It's also known in other countries as Le Rose de Versailles, or Lady Oscar. So... This is one of the most influential shoujo titles of all time. This has been adapted an absurd amount of times, and we're talking about as a TV anime, as a French live-action film that was released in English, a series of musicals that are done all over the world, at least four spin-offs, and it's referenced heavily in so many series. Also, if you're a fan of Revolutionary Girl Utena, that was inspired by this. If you... Listen to our Kageki Shoujo episode. We talk about this title. I did make a small mistake, though, because when I originally saw this as a fan sub long, long time ago in the late 2000s, before I knew about the truth of watching things legally, which you can watch it uh, legally by getting the DVDs, which are currently on sale, but I digress. You can... Um, I had a little bit of an issue with one of the characters, which I didn't understand because it was subbed wrong, but that's been fixed. So... What is The Rose of Versailles about? Why am I geeking about this? So, this manga is a historical drama set in the years before, during, and a little after the French Revolution. Now, this uses a combination of actual historical people and several original characters, but it focuses on two women in particular. Now, the first one, who is the main character of the manga up until a certain point, is... The Queen of France, we're talking about Marie Antoinette. And it goes into her history about her being raised in Austria by her mother, who was Empress Maria Theresa of Austria. And then, due to a political marriage to the future king of France, which is King Louis XVI, she ends up being sent to live in France. And she has to deal with all the court politics going on. Also, fun fact that I didn't know until I read this manga, apparently... When they used to sell you or trade you to marry another person, so say if you're being traded to be married to a prince or a princess, you're supposed to get rid of all of your possessions that are from that country so you're wearing the clothes of that country. So she got rid of all of her garments and stuff from Austria and was forced to wear French clothes. Not too bad because French clothes is couture. It's amazing. However, the other reason for this is that essentially you are a political prisoner you're becoming a prisoner of that country. So all those political marriages, the one party who gets married in, they're political prisoners. So it's kind of depressing when you think about it. So so many people are says, I'm going to marry this other 
move into this other country and I'm going to become the next prince. So princess is like, no, you're now a prisoner of that country used for... But I kind of digress. There's other little things like the fact that apparently diplomats are actually spies, but again, that's getting somewhere else. So that's one of our main characters. The other main character, who is actually the main character of the anime, not of the manga, and the most popular character of this series, is Oscar Francois de Jarges. Oh, sorry about my pronunciation. I'm not great with French pronunciations, and I apologize if I'm mutilating the names. However, so Oscar, or Lady Oscar, is a very important character. Oscar is the sixth daughter of the commander of the Royal Guard, General Francois Augustine Renier de Yarges, who's a real person. This person actually existed, and... He wanted a boy. General Yarez wanted a boy like no tomorrow. That's what he wanted, and his wife was giving birth. He's like, yes, this will be my son. I've had five daughters, but the sixth will be a boy. And then Oscar is born, and he's like, oh, um, wait, but this Oscar is raised as a boy, meaning trained in fencing, military tactics, um, dressing as a boy, and the fact that Oscar doesn't like being called Mademoiselle or Madam. She gets very upset about it. It's Monsieur Oscar. That's how you address Oscar. And Oscar is someone who is pretty badass. She can beat the hell out of most guys. She is very powerful in fighting, great in politics. She understands the elements. And while she is a beauty, she's truly beautiful. Um, she is still someone who wants to be a soldier. She eventually becomes the com- the captain of the Royal Guard of Aunt Marie Antoinette. She's her bodyguard. But to get there, it's kind of fascinating. Also, I did not realize that everybody knew. I thought that only a select few knew that she was a woman. Everyone else thought she was a male. No. Everybody in Versailles knows that Lady Oscar is a woman. And more importantly than that, she's an important figurehead that people fight over. This is actually a big point in the first part because there is a whole um, issue going on with Marie Antoinette who just entered into Versailles, which is the Friends Palace in that world. And she's having an issue with um, Countess or or, or Lady de Bury, who is the mistress to Louis XV. So... I'm going to spoil this part because this part actually is kind of cool and fascinating. But So, the current king, Louis XV, has a mistress, uh, Countess de Bury. She has no political leaning whatsoever. She has She's low peerage, nothing. So, But she thinks that she's really powerful because she has the ear of the king. Whatever she says, if she complains to him, it'll happen. She wants money, it'll happen. She wants someone gone, it'll happen. However, there is a small problem. Because of this, she's become very, her ego is very big. Meanwhile, Marie Antoinette enters the stage. She's a 14-year-old girl from Austria who kind of understands French. She's a little bit of an airhead, a little weird, but she is a little politically savvy. And they explain to her something very simple. That because she is the Dauphine, which is a term that's kind of like the Prince of Wales. So it's a term to the person who marries into the family. She's the Dauphine of France. She has to address people before they can address her. So in the court, a peasant can't come up to Marie Antoinette and say, hey, how you doing, Marie? No, until Marie Antoinette says, hello, you can't speak to her. 
Now, what happens is that because she finds out about this and finds out that one of the people is King Louis XV's whore, she ends up talking to everybody else but Louis XV's whore, which makes her look bad because everyone else is being talked to and lavished upon and asked to hang out at garden parties. Meanwhile, uh, Countess de Berry is being like, what the hell is this? Why am I being iced out? And it leads to a power struggle between them fighting over Lady Oscar, who is the kind of pivotal point of, if Lady Oscar joins my side, all the other women will fall in line. And they go back and forth with this. It even gets to a point where uh, Countess de Bury ends up trying to frame Oscar's mother for a murder attempt. And Oscar straight up says, this didn't happen. If you do this, I will kill you. I don't care what happens. So she puts the fear of God into Madame de Bury that Oscar will kill her. And this is pretty fascinating. Now, there's other characters involved in this. Um, there's Andre, who is the childhood friend of Oscar and grandson of his nanny. And they're kind of, they're buddy-buddy friends. But if you read further on and know more, this is the love of Oscar's life. But that's later on. And then, of course, the other major character that's involved is Hans Axel von Fersen, who is this Swedish aristocrat who comes to Versailles and ends up becoming involved in this. It's like a forbidden romance between her and Marie Antoinette, but also Oscar's in love with uh, Fersen, so it is this whole thing going on. So there's tons of political drama and tons of action in this because... Oscar is someone who, it's not just all, oh, it's dainty person. No, like I said, Oscar will kill people. She is a soldier, and this gets into the French Revolution. And if you know your history, you know where this is going. Especially with when Marie Antoinette is the main character. You know how this is going to end. They, It's not going to end well. And there's a couple of other characters I can bring in, but... This is a truly fascinating story. And the story itself is something which I didn't expect to be. I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's just a story about a girl who was raised as a boy. Similar to when I talked about Princess Knight. And that is not the case at all. There are so many layers in this. This is a major souffle of manga. Where there's so much going on with so many characters. And you're able to follow along very cohesively. It's not jumbled up. And every character is designed distinctively and differently, and they all stand out. The art is spectacular. I have to say, Ryoko Ikeda's art stands the test of time, and this is one of the major reasons why uh, Bishoujo exists, why it's the two pretty boys who are so pretty and they love each other. They must, you know, that's from this. Oscar looks androgynous, and you could see the female aspect, the long flowing hair, but then there's that kind of mannish quality which works in this. And I showed this to Greta. Greta loves this. She's like, what the hell? She's like, Downton Abbey meets French Revolution. She loves it. And there's a couple of cool things about this going in the background about this story as well. First off, that this um, so the story came to uh, Ikeda when she joined Japan's left uh, Communist Party in the 60s because this was her getting involved in revolution and populist uprisings and that's what this is kind of telling the story about. And 
That's the first thing. And the more important thing, that this narrative would become the first shoujo manga that achieves mainstream critical and commercial success throughout the world. And it shows that shoujo is viable as a commercial category. Like, this is a big deal. This is popular around the world. Like, I looked up online for musicals for Rose of Versailles. There are still musicals in Italy and in France for this series. And as I said earlier, there is a live-action adaptation of this that was made in France, brought over here, and has an English dub that is, one, it's considered a weird movie because it's not as faithful to the an- the manga as the anime was however the point is that was a color manga adaptation that was brought to film wasn't an anime was a movie and apparently it's still available if you look for it so if you want to check out that live action you should i'm going to be talking about in an upcoming panel if it ever gets approved talk about some of the more interesting live action adaptations i'm kind of shocked that that one came out so soon but i digress um There's so much more I want to talk about this series, but unfortunately, all I could say is you have to experience this for yourself. This is a Hallmark manga series that is one that you should, if you don't own it, you should at least read it and give it a try. It's really fascinating what's going on. The art style is still excellent to this day. While it is a little bubbly, Especially when you're reading the beginning, how pretty everybody is, and until it gets to some of the more darker elements, it does start off beautiful, but that's shoujo in general. It's looking beautiful. The art style is exceptional, and for that reason, it still holds up. But the art style is great. The character design is great. The story is phenomenal, and it still holds up. The anime still is excellent. And for that reason, I have to give Rosa Versailles, um, Lady Oscar, and Le Rose de Versailles, a really, really, really fucking cool. It's an amazing manga. And it's just an amazing series that still holds up to this day. This is one of the truly iconic series that is worth it. And I know I'm geeking out about this, but yeah. If you have a chance, track down a copy, read this. It is worth it. If I can get a hold of two copies online, I will give away one at my next con. If I can get a hold of a copy. We're going to have to wait and see if I can get a hold of it. But if you've not read this, check it out. So, with that in mind, let's actually get to the manga releases for the week. And this is what came out yesterday on January 4th, 2022. We have 32 new manga tiles that came out. Starting off with Ten Dance Volume 6. Then we have A Centaur's Life Volume 21. A Tale of the Secret Saint, The Light Novel Volume 2. Akashi Records of Bastard Magical Instructor Volume 13. Battle Angel Alita Volume 4, the paperback version. Then we have Boruto Naruto Next Generation Volume 13, Chronicles of an Aristocrat Reborn in Another World, the manga Volume 3, Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba Stories of Water and Flame, yes, the light novel about two of our favorite Hashira that I'm excited to check out. You have Dragon Ball Super Volume 15, Arrow Ninja Scroll Volume 2, How Not to Summon a Demon Lord, the manga Volume 13, Into the Deepest Most Unknowable Dungeon Volume 1. J.K. Haru is a sex worker in another world, the manga Volume 2. Kakariyo Bed and Breakfast for Spirits, Volume 7, the manga. Living Room Matsunaga-san, Volume 9. Love Me, Love Me Not, Volume 12. Magiamo Super Magic Action Entertainment, Volume 2. Manly Appetite, Managishi Loves Otsu, Volume 3. 
Mashal, Appetites and Muscles, Volume 4. Moriarty the Patriot, Volume 4. My Hero Academia Team-Up Missions, Volume 2. My Love Mix-Up, Volume 2. One Piece Box Set 4. Dressrosa to Revere, the manga collection, which is finally out. Parallel Paradise, Volume 8. Reincarnate as a Sword, the Light Novel, Volume 10. Sachi's Monstrous Appetite, Volume 6. Snow White with the Red Hair, Volume 17. The Apothecary Diaries, Volume 4, which I'm excited to get that one because that series is so fun. The Tale of the Outcast, Volume 4. Time Stop Hero, Volume 3. Undead Unluck, Volume 5. And Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs, Volume 17. So those are the titles for this week. For me personally, the ones I'm excited for are Apothecary Diaries, Snow White with the Red Hair, Sachi's Monstrous Appetite, My Love Mix-Up, Living Room Matanaga-san, Kakariko, Into the Deepest Most Unknown Dungeon, Demon Slayer, and Chronicles of an Aristocrat, and of course, Battle Angel Alita. Which of the ones are you interested in? Let me know by emailing me at com or leaving me a comment in the show notes below. So, first off, before we get to the last part, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and being a part of this podcast. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for being on this awesome journey that we're going to be doing as long as I can until I'm an old man. Podcasts are no longer popular. I'm going to keep doing this and keep releasing stuff. We have a bunch of new podcasts going to be released in the next couple of weeks on our YouTube channel and on here at Spirekin.com. We have some video content coming out, including my top 10 anticipated TV shows of 2022 and my top 22 movies of 2022. Also, my recaps of 2021 will be released in audio format. And if you're a Patreon member, you'll be able to see the videos for it. So join the Patreon, which have four tiers from $2 to $20 with tons of cool things that you can get as giveaways. But with that in mind, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? For the first time in 2021, it's time for that one, that only... The Yes, friends, it's that Wheel of Manga, the one and only. For those of you who are unaware, the Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga title to each of the 10 slots. We're going to use we're spin that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And whatever number it lands on, that manga is the one I'm going to review in the next episode of the Spire Can Manga Review, episode 450. Yes, 450 episodes since we started on May 15, 2008. Yeah, I know, we've been doing this for a while, and we're going to keep going as long as we can. So let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode, shall we? Number three. So in the next episode, I'm reviewing a manga that I don't know if it's an Isekai or if it's just a regular manga. It's called Time Stop Hero. Could be good, could be bad. I'm not sure, but we're going to find out in the next episode. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. Tomorrow's going to be our manga news for the week. And as usual, I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time and keep reading manga. See you later.